I'm ESPN's Ron Jaworski, and you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast with Matt O'Donnell. Hello, pod world. I'm Matt O'Donnell with the brand new Travel Mug Podcast, where we search for interesting people and interesting stories. For our first episode, we're going Eagles with the first Eagles quarterback to play in a Super Bowl, Ron Jaworski. We talked about his coining the term Lombardi Gras, the possible future for Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles, if the Eagles could become the NFL's next dynasty, and we talked about some golf. Travel mug. Here we go. I'm here with Ron Jaworski, Eagles quarterback, ESPN analyst, uh, owner of golf clubs. The list goes on. (laughs) We're just coming off of our parade coverage for the Eagles Super Bowl parade. You were just on the air with Jim Gardner, and you tweeted out something that I thought really captured everything. Do you remember what it was? I tweeted out a lot, so I'm not (laughs) quite sure. I'll remind you. You called it Lombardi Gras. Yeah. Well, you know, you think of Mardi Gras. You think of one celebration. uh, But this celebration was all about the Vince Lombardi Trophy. So Lombardi Gras seemed like just a, <laughs> a random thought, which I have a lot of, Matt. It just came to my head, and I said, this is Lombardi Gras, a, a celebration of football. And here in Philadelphia, finally a celebration of world championship football. I'm pinching myself as I say <laughs> I that. I do it, too. Yeah. Every morning I wake up, and I'm like, did they, they did win it. Yes, that's, that's, that's nice. You know, I, I, it was funny being at the game, and I'm sitting with my wife, and we're kind of in, in an eagle section, and... Um, when the game was over, I mean, it went right down, obviously, to the very last play, sure. and Gronk goes up, and, you know, I'm trying to see because it's uh, pretty far away down the other end of the field, and I don't see the ball. I don't <laughs> see players celebrating. For, it seemed like an eternity, uh, and all of a sudden the players and the Eagles green started jumping up, and I saw the ball on the ground. I said, you know, the Eagles won. I gave my wife just a big hug because uh, we just couldn't believe it. And then, you know, as I, as I turned around, Cheryl Crow was sitting behind me, uh, Jim Cramer, and tears in their eyes. I mean, it was amazing. Eagle fans have waited so long, you know, really since 1960, and Chuck Bednarik and Norm Van Blocker's team won an NFL championship, not a Super Bowl. That was the last championship. So, boy, uh, it was just an incredible feeling, not only myself, my wife, but the people that won our section that, you know, I didn't even know they were great Eagle fans. So it (laughs) it was really heartwarming. So the ball's in the air, right? Brady throws it up. Gronk is in the end zone. Gronk is taller than everyone else. As the ball's sailing through, are you thinking, oh, my God, he's going to catch it? Well, first of all, I thought uh, Brandon Graham was going to get a sack. He won really quick, and Tom Brady being Brady, you know, he moves, avoids it, and buys a little time, which is what you're supposed to do in a Hail Mary. I mean, he throws a, a perfect ball, the right trajectory. He had enough time to allow his Patriot receivers to get down there. And he got Gronk. He's six foot eight, 285 pounds. He, I mean, he's a beast. We couldn't stop him in the second half. And I'm just seeing this ball, you know, just kind of float through the air. And I'm thinking, that big old sucker's going to just jump up and grab it. You know, I, I mean, and he did get his hands on it. Oh, sure, oh, sure. Fortunately, there were about 10 other hands there that were eagle hands trying to battle, bat that thing away. And they did. But I mean, uh, I think my, my heart paused for a second. Mine fell through my toes, I think. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but let's get ahead of ourselves. Okay. <laughs> because that's what we do, right, Matt? Yeah, we do, we do. So 
I mean, I'm thinking it would be great if a dynasty was broken and another one began. And I know that it's it's tough to win games in the NFL regardless, let alone Super Bowls. But is that kind of in the back of your mind, maybe that this could be a huge turning point for you, the entire league? No question. Uh I thought this Eagle team was on the right track for maybe two years down the road. You know, we saw that we have, you know, one of the best young quarterbacks, if not the best young quarterback uh, in Carson Wentz, who would have been the league MVP if, you know, he didn't uh, tear his ACL. And obviously Nick came in and did a phenomenal job. But you start with a quarterback. You start with a solid offensive line. You're probably going to get Jason Peters back next year. So uh, you don't think he'll retire? I don't think so. I, I, think okay. he, I, don't, I don't think he's going to want to go out this way, although Vitae filled in and did an admirable, sure. admirable job. The offensive line is solid. You know, good receiving core. You don't know how much is left in Selleck. Uh, you may go in the draft and, and, and get one of these great young running backs, mm-hmm. although this running back by committee certainly did work this year. It's a young team. Uh, you're going to get Sidney Jones healthy next year at corner to match up with McLeod and Jenkins at safety. He's the one they drafted who was injured. Who was injured, yeah. correct, toward Achilles. And so, I mean, it's a good young team. You're saying possibly. I'm saying I'm saying saying very possibly. I mean, it was a it was a difficult team to beat when Carson Wentz was our quarterback, and obviously Nick Foles comes in and puts together a, a Flacco like uh, playoff run, you know, where Joe throws eleven touchdowns and no interceptions, and the one interception that Nick threw was basically a ball that Alshon himself said he, you know, it shouldn't have been intercepted yeah, if he didn't catch it. It, it was just batted up sure. in the air. But so you know, you got depth of the quarterback position. You got a good young team. You got a coaching staff that I think is one of the best in football that Doug Peterson has assembled, and you got a coach that the players like to play for. And Joe Douglas and Howie Rosen up in the front office who have become very adept at picking out the right players for their football team. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say the word dynasty. I know we got, it took 52 years to get one. <laughs> you know, let's hope we, it can happen quickly and get a bunch more. I think that you built a pretty convincing case right there. Mm-hmm. So that's well, great. I, I did something right, Matt. You did. <laughs> so I have a picture. And this is another tweet from you. Uh-oh. And I'll put this up. <laughs> I know you can't see it. It's a podcast. I'll yep. put this up on Twitter or Facebook. But basically, it's a picture of a young Nick Foles and a young Ron Jaworski. And that's your L.A. Rams card? That, that was pro- that's when Nick and I were probably around the same age. You, I was, you can uh, keep I, that I think I, Yeah, I've got that card. <laughs> sure. Okay. See, I was young at one time. Yes, yes. But the similarities of a young Ron Jaworski, and this was a couple of years ago, I think, for Nick. So the similarities are... A little bit scary. You yeah, know? I, mean, a I bit think scary. that they are <laughs> pretty scary. I mean, that, that's kind of neat, though, isn't it? Yeah, but he was the Super Bowl MVP, and I wasn't. So that, I guess now I hope he can last as long as I did in this business, 17 years. But, uh, you know, this is an outstanding young man, this Nick Foles guy, man. I, I've got to know him very well from his time here in Philadelphia. Then when he went away, and I always kept in touch with him and, you know, would text him and tell him, the, you know, just keep working, keep working, because he fell into the abyss in, in St. Louis. And, I'm just a big believer if you got talent in the right system, you could succeed. And, and Nick will be now the poster child for me. Here's a guy with talent. He got into a bad situation with poor coaching. And it comes back to Philadelphia and gets in a situation with great coaching. And you see what happens. Super Bowl MVP. When we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about what Nick Foles' future will be with you and also some of your background. Come right back on the Travel Mug Podcast. Watch Matt, Tam, David, and Karen every weekday on Action News Mornings. We begin at 4.30 a.m. 
with Ron Jaworski on the Travel Mug Podcast. A bit of background on you. Uh, a lot of people know a, a lot about you. Some of the youngsters, uh, they probably didn't know that you're from Buffalo area, Correct. Buffalo area, Lackawanna. Lackawanna, New York, a steel York. town just south of Buffalo. And you played baseball and football. Why did you choose football? Well, I actually played basketball as well in, in high school. I was drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals when I was 17 years old. And, you know, when you're young and thinking of a future, man, I'm thinking, I'm signing this contract. I'm, I'm playing baseball. Mm-hmm. I love baseball. I played baseball seven days a week. And my dad stepped in, and he said, you've got an opportunity to go to college. And I had 37 football scholarships as well as a few basketball scholarships as well. And he said, you're going to college. No one in our family had ever gone to college. I have an older brother, older sister. And quite honestly, argued for about a month. I did not want to go to college. I wanted to go sign a baseball contract and play baseball. Now I look back to 1969, and the decision my dad made for me was the best decision ever made. He made sure I went to school, I got my education, end up playing football, having a good career. But without that education, I, and I still you know, talk to a lot of kids around the country, and I, I tell them that same story. My dad literally made me go to college, uh, but I could not be more thankful for what he did to allow me to get my education. It's why after football, I think I've had some success as a business person. Sure, sure, yeah. absolutely. As a three-sport athlete in high school and now seeing how things are so – I mean, everyone just plays one sport now. What do you think about the loss of the multi-sport athlete? That we I don't, just I, don't see anymore. Matt, quite honestly, I, I don't like it. I, I, I felt the fact that I played other sports helped me. You know, there was a crossover value from baseball to basketball to football that helped me become a better athlete. And, and you see, and I see it, you know, I, I've had three, I got three kids. I got two, four grandkids now. And... and like I, my kids, you know, I have two daughters. They played field hockey. They played basketball. Uh, they were involved in sports. My son played golf. He went to Delaware in a golf scholarship. Uh, he did not play football, thank goodness, uh, which I'm happy about uh, from my own personal perspective. But I always thought the more sports you play, the more interaction you have, the more motor skills you develop, the better athlete you become. It's interesting what you just said about football. You would have you prefer that your son did not play. Yeah, because I didn't want to have the pressure on him that, you know, that, oh, it's Ron Jaworski. So it wasn't the injury I had no, the I had, I had no problem. I, I think the game uh, is much safer now. I, I think Roger Goodell and all the way down through the NCAA, college football, Pop Warner football, high school football, much better job of protecting the athletes uh, and, and keeping them safe. So I, from that respect, I, I, had, I had no problem okay. with that. I just didn't want to be... You know, the expectation is too high because, oh, you're the son of an NFL quarterback, you know. Sure. And, uh, so he played golf and now beats me on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your big sport now. Yeah. And, and uh, I want to get to golf actually in a moment. But first, I want to tell you something, and maybe you can explain this to me. The early TV ratings that came out, you know, they tell you which markets were the highest viewership for the yep. Super Bowl per capita. Philadelphia was two. Boston was three. Do you know which city was where the media market was the number one? I would say Minnesota. It was Buffalo. It was Buffalo. Why? You're you're from that area. Well, Why well, was Buffalo the number one market? It probably snowed, so, <laughs> <laughs> so they stayed indoors. I mean, Buffalo. It, it, Buffalo is a great football city. I was a season ticket holder for the Buffalo Bills. Remember that American Football League started in 1960. From like 63 through 69 when I graduated from high school and went to college, I was a season ticket holder. I had one ticket myself. 
I would take the bus from Lackawanna, New York, to downtown Buffalo, get a transfer, go to the game, and watch the Buffalo Bills. My ticket was Section 23, Row 13, C3. I still remember. So <laughs> I had a passion for football literally my entire life. And the people of Buffalo have a tremendous passion for the game. I, I think there's something about the blue-collar nature of the game. It's very much, yeah, and I know yeah. you've said this before, it's very like Philadelphia. Very, mu- very much very so. much at home here when you no, first well, I went to L.A. first. I was yeah. in L.A. for four years before I was traded back here to Philly. And I felt very comfortable in this community because, you know, even if you didn't win, you know, people respected you if you gave a 100%. And you laid it on the line every single week. And I felt I was brought up that way. You know, my community in, in Lackawanna was a Bethlehem Steel lunch bucket mentality. I mean, you went to work every single day. That's what you did. That's what my parents, my family did. My brother did. My brother-in-law, they carried a lunch bucket every single day. So I had that workman-like mentality. I may never been the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, the smartest, but I always said, no one's going to outwork me. And so when I come to Philly, I felt it was that same kind of People mentality. People love that here. They love that they mentality. They love that. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to Nick Foles in just a second because yeah. I know we promised that, but uh, can I ask what your golf handicap is? A 9.2 index. So That's I'm, pretty good. Well, I can make a few bets. I've been lower, but I lose the bet. So you know in golf, it's about Yeah, well, you've got to ride it right yeah. below <laughs> 10, right? That's right. What's your favorite? You can't name one of your courses. What's your favorite course around here that you've played? Pine Valley. It's number one in the world many times. I, I have friends that are members there. Whenever I, whenever I get the invite to Pine Valley, check that box. I, I, I'm in. So, yeah, it's I mean, it's number one in the world for like 19 of the last 20 years, and it's right in uh, Clementon, New Jersey. Sure. You, know? you would never know it's there. I mean, it's oh. right next to an amusement park. Right. <laughs> and you drive down an old dirt road and say, sure. where is this great golf yeah, course? You're going and, to the, uh, the house in the New Jersey Devil or something. Emerald <laughs> City. Look at this. You know? <laughs> so that's probably your favorite in terms of the entire country that you play? I, I would say yes, and I've been fortunate to play. I've played Augusta a couple times. I've played uh, Cypress. Uh, I've played some really good golf courses, but Pine Valley is spectacular. It's different. Yeah, it, you know, it's spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if the Eagles called up Ron Jaworski and they said, all right, what should we do with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz? What would your advice be right now, only knowing what you know right now? Keep them. Keep them. you got Super Bowl MVP. you got a quarterback coming off a very serious injury. Um, think back to when Chase Daniels was traded a year ago because the Eagles had envisioned they had a pretty good football team, uh, but they weren't happy at the backup position with Chase Daniels, who's doing a good job, by the way, down in New Orleans, and that's fine. But Chase is a backup, and Nick Foles is not a backup. Nick Foles is a starter. So as we see, you put him in a situation, he can carry you for long terms. Chase Daniels was quarter, a half, maybe you can get a game out of him. So I think the Eagles are prudent enough to know, hey, if, if we don't have a 100% healthy Carson Wentz, we better make sure we got Nick Foles as a backup. A lot of people assume that Carson Wentz is going to start the season. We don't know that. And it could be a month or two months into the season where we wouldn't see him start. Well, I'm not afraid to say this. When Carson Wentz comes back, he's not going to be the same guy. We, I was not, actually talking to someone about this very not thing. Not the same guy. Yeah. Now, you know, we're all positive thinkers, you know, psycho-cybernetics, envision all the positive things happening. I believe in all that. He had a very serious knee injury. Think of Robert Griffin III, a guy that only a few years ago we were marveling. He was going to be the greatest. I remember that. Well, he shredded his knee, and he was never the same after that. Now, I hope that does not happen to Carson Wentz, but you just can't automatically say, oh, he's going to be the same guy. He's not going to be the same guy. There's going to be another learning process from a very serious knee injury that he has to go through. 
hey, we're all hoping, we're all praying, we're all wishing him well, but there are no guarantees in football because of the injury factor. Hypothetical scenario. All right. I love doing these. Yeah, I you? love it. I hate them. <laughs> no, I hate them. <laughs> okay, so Denver doesn't get Kirk Cousins and gets desperate for a quarterback and calls up Howie Roseman and says, I will give you a number one draft pick for Nick Foles. It, it's hard not to take a number one because you're getting an absolute quality player. That would be one that I'm sure I would have to, if, if I was in Howie's position, I'd have to think very seriously about but I also know the Eagles organization is very, very loyal. They got a guy that just helped them hoist the first Vince Lombardi trophy in franchise history. They would have to think long and hard about trading that guy. And I'm sure if it did happen, it would come with Nick's blessing. But, oh, by the way, this is a very deep quarterback draft, so I don't think you're going to see anyone sure. trading uh, a number one pick for, uh, for a Nick Foles. Um. Would Coach Doug Peterson ever consider making an open quarterback uh, uh, competition in training camp? No. Is that out of the question? I I think it is. I think Carson Wentz has shown, uh, to take uh, Nick's word, he is a stud. He's he's a stud. And if he's, like I said, I don't think he'll come back the same quarterback he was, but anything close in close resemblance to that, it's Carson's job. We're going to wrap things up with the Travel Mug podcast in just a moment. Music for the Travel Mug podcast provided by the band A Pregnant Light. You can find more of their music on Bandcamp. Back with Ron Jaworski. Everyone assumes that it's Jaws because of your name, but didn't someone kind of name you that because you like to talk a lot too? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, everyone thought... I, got, I picked up Jaws because I was the Eagles starting quarterback when the movie Jaws was very popular. And it actually came from Doug Collins, who was then playing with sure. the Sixers, uh, was my next-door neighbor. And uh, he gave me the nickname Jaws because he said my, my jaws were always flapping. I was always <laughs> talking. So that kind of stuck a little more than the Polish rifle. So <laughs> Well, it opened up the door to a broadcasting career, so that's good, right? That is correct. I've been doing that for 27 years now, so I guess it worked out all right. Tom Brady... Was the last quarterback before Nick Foles to start the season as a backup and went, go on to win the Super Bowl? That happened, you know, back in 2002. Does his longevity, Tom Brady, have more to do with his diet and all sorts of other things he keeps talking about, or is it just the offensive line every year with the Patriots being really darn good? It's Tom Brady. I mean, his intelligence is remarkable. Um, his ability to get rid of the football, read defense. He takes very few clean hits. Uh, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. He's the goat. He's the goat. But I will say this about Tom Brady as well. Up at Gillette Stadium, they have a parking spot closest to the locker room, close to the entrance into the locker room. The player who gets that spot is the player that spends the most time in the offseason in the conditioning program. Guess who has that spot? Tom Brady. So that goes to show you about Tom Brady's work ethic, his eating habits, and he's a little bit lucky too. You got to be a little bit lucky sure, to last, sure. you know, is you know, 18 years going on 19 for Tom Brady, but he's committed himself to being a great quarterback. Uh, is Bill Belichick goat? Is he the best coach that the NFL has ever seen? Yes, he was. He's the greatest of all time, I think, in the coaching profession. But he was out coach in this Super Bowl. You know, Philly special play, and I'll go back to the Seattle Super Bowl win. A Super Bowl loss to the Patriots when, you know, Malcolm Butler makes a great play. Yeah, because who didn't he, play. He supposedly 
was aware of the formation. He had saw that play in film study, and bang, he makes interception mm-hmm. to win the Super Bowl. Well, in this past Super Bowl 52, the Eagles went to an old play. You know, the Philly special sure. was a high school play of Nick Foles. Oh, and, really? And a high school play at Westlake High School in Texas that all of a sudden they dusted off, and Bill Belichick got outsmarted with that play. His defense didn't catch it. So sometimes you get the bear, sometimes the bear gets you. <laughs> and it's crazy because they had just kind of done the same thing with Brady, who ended up missing the pass. Obviously. Well, he was wide open. He dropped it. Sure, <laughs> right, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, how many Super Bowls does a, a quarterback you know get two intended targets? It's never happened. Well, obviously Nick Foles gets it for a touchdown on Philly Special and certainly helped win the game. Does Philadelphia ever get a Super Bowl unless it bulldozes the link and builds a dome? <laughs> Which I don't think is going to happen in the next couple of years. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. No, no, I don't think so. Unless they want to try to get a Super Bowl here. And based on the weather in Minneapolis uh, up yeah. there last week, I don't, I don't want to go to a cold-weather city, even if it is Philadelphia. Um, how many players on the roster, the Philadelphia Eagles roster, and you don't have to name any names, how many players do you think ended up may end up being Hall of Famers? Oh, man. We're thinking real deep yeah, here. Yeah, now. yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I'm going to say four or five. This yeah, team I mean, is that good. Yeah, I think it's that good. Yeah. Well, you got you got Jason Peters, so he you mm-hmm. know he's obviously get you know to me he's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Then you can start you'll start looking at the Vinnie Currys, the Brandon Graham's guys that had you know nice solid careers and and take it from there. Lane Johnson eventually a Hall of Famer. You know Carson Wentz. Now you're looking way down the road, but based on you have a couple here. years performance, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna Malcolm end- Jenkins. Think of Malcolm Jenkins, sure. who's had a tremendous career. You know, he did, had, a, did a, had a great career in New Orleans. He comes here, won a Super Bowl there, wins one here. That goes a long way with voters. You know, you got rings on your fingers. Sure, and People sure. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's end on this question. And you've been really gracious with your time, Ron. I really appreciate being on the podcast. When you talk about this team's chemistry and how the players all love each other and how there was no drama whatsoever despite all these bad things happening to the team mm-hmm. over the course of the season. Have you ever seen a team with better chemistry than this team? And I'm talking not only in this city, but in the sport and in all four major sports. Yeah. And I'll throw in another word, chemistry and culture. I think chemistry are the guys in the locker room that get along so well and play for each other and cover each other's back. The culture is what's developed throughout the organization, from the owner on down, the character of the players he wants, the type of players that he wants, and getting the coach and the coaching staff to buy into that culture as well. And then you get the chemistry with the right players. You can, you can always have a couple, three bad guys on your team. You really can if the other 50 guys control them. Because there's 52, 53 players on this roster. Not everyone is going to church in the morning. You get some guys sure, that are good sure. football players. There's, <laughs> you know, not, not everyone is going to be you know, the Carson Wentz type of guy. But if you have enough of those good people, the chemistry is better because the culture has developed that chemistry. And they'll take care of those guys. And maybe Jay Ajayi, who came here with a little bit of a reputation, mm-hmm. he was no problem. They clean it up right away. Clean it up, yeah. It, it's like the Patriots. You know, Guys have gone to the Patriots for, for years. Never been a problem there. Because they have that chemistry, which is developed because of their culture. One more thing. Oh, there you go again. Co- Coach, Doug, <laughs> Coach Doug Peterson, is he from the future? Because his development as an NFL coach was way too rapid for me. It was only in two years that, he, he, that he's able to, to uh, make this team what it was and then win the Super Bowl. So obviously he's from the future. He did a lot of work for a 10, 15 years on coaching, and then he came back in a time machine and he coached the Eagles to a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got it all figured out, man. <laughs> uh, 
Doug has done a magnificent job, and 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 as you're aware, I was part of the coaching search committee sure. for the Eagles, and hey, there were a lot of great coaches that we interviewed from Ben McAdoo to Adam Gase and Deuce Staley, and the list goes on and on. But there was there was something about Doug, and and, and w- when we all voted, it was unanimous for Doug Peterson. But there was something about Doug that I personally really liked. Because all the coaches now that interview for these jobs are really good X's and O's guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can go to the board. They can draw you the greatest plays in the world. Sure. They can draw you, man, and you go, wow, you're enamored by that. But Doug had something, and I know the term that Jeffrey uses is emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the fact that Doug played the position, at, and it's no guarantee, but I like the fact that he played quarterback. He coached quarterbacks. He was around the Mike Holmgrens of the world and, and, and Don Shula, guys that understood that quarterback position and understood the team concept. So I felt as good as he was X and O's, what separated Doug, and I had known him for, since 1993, and I knew the personality, I knew what his fabric was. I, I just thought he would be the right fit you know, and, and for the football team that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Rosen wanted to develop. Now, quite honestly... I, I was a little bit unsure how he would deal with the Philadelphia media because that's always kind of – it can break a lot of people. But, <laughs> hey, but the fact that he played quarterback, you can deal with anything. And sure. That's how I looked at Especially it. Especially the and, season he had with the Eagles when he was the main starter. I mean, it was a rough – Oh, yeah. Well, he was just keeping the seat warm for Donald sure. McGabb in 99. Yeah. And he knew that. He knew that. Took a beating so the organization can get Donovan ready. But it shows the type of person he is as well. It wasn't about him. This has been fun. It's great. Ron Jaworski. Thanks, man. Jaws right. on the inaugural Travel oh, Bug Podcast. Man, I get the first. Thank Thanks you. so much. <laughs>for downloading the Travel Mug Podcast. If you have an interview suggestion for a future episode, please send me suggestions. I'm very accessible on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, keep traveling. And watch the Eagles fly, fly, Eagles fly, on the road to victory.